Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Racer turn coach Ben Clark is joining me again on this extra special World Championships preview episode. Ben and I will guide you through what to expect from the next two weeks of racing in RS Sweden. What are you most looking forward to seeing, Ben? I think after the last couple of weeks' announcements, it's going to have to be the swan song races for both Lindsay Vonn and Axel Lundsvindal. This World Championships is going to be effectively a farewell party for two of the sport's all-time greats, especially in Vaughn, uh, one of the most dominant skiers uh, ever in, in the women's side. And unfortunately, she's never going to quite be able to catch up. Top of that record. With the with uh, the Stenmark record, but a phenomenal career. And with the speed events starting out the week, uh, they'll be definitely the main thing to watch this week. I know, it's been a bit weird, hasn't it? With both of those guys deciding to retire, Svindal... I don't think I really saw it coming. I think when I when he's carried on racing after the Olympics, I kind of assumed that that was he was going to try and cycle the next four years. And I think most people sort of tend to do it in four year cycles, don't they? So I kind of thought that I wasn't really worried when he started getting injured that that might be the end of Svindal. But it seems really sad that injuries have got the better of him. And again, the same thing with Von, although it's a little bit different because she's obviously earmarked this record as opposed to more Olympic gold medals so but uh, she must be skiing in some pain you see these massive knee braces that she's trying to race downhill in it it seems mental but she is pushing this record and I understand why she's doing it so close four wins away from becoming the greatest skier of all time she's going to have to settle for the greatest women's skier of all time but in reality that's only going to be for a short time because Schifrin is already on 56 wins or something and she's what 21? Exactly, and in the future it may well be uh, Von goes down as probably a speed specialist great rather than Schifrin who will probably go down as a technical and maybe all-round great the way she's transferred across this year. But uh, we've already seen one of the first training runs of the week today and to see Von Ski in there looked quite tentative. Obviously a training run, you're not going all out, but I think it was just the first run of the week just to see how her knees and muscles were responding to the pain she's in. She's been quite open about the issues she's been having this year. And I think we saw on that first run today just that she's fairly comfortable skiing, but can't be anywhere near as aggressive as we've seen her be over her career, which is one of the hallmarks of what makes her what she is. She looks like she's skiing with an injury. And if you're going to try and take world championship gold medals and you're going to try and take more titles you can't von in her heyday probably could have skied at 90 percent and still won world cups but nowadays with godgia skiing the way she is schifrin skiing the way she is schmidhofer stuhetz there's too much depth of talent on the women's world cup at the moment for von to not be giving this 100 percent. so i think it's going to be really tough for her to try and pick up these titles that she, she's obviously aiming for, but really in her heart of hearts, I think it's going to be a real struggle for her to get anywhere near a podium, let alone a win. Well, that's the thing. With World Champs racing, I guess the, the World Cup set aside for a couple of weeks and it is just what you can muster on any given day. And because she's a speed racer, it will just be one run of downhill and one run of Super G. So if she can muster up uh, some of that old Lindsay Vaughn for a couple of minutes she's got an outside chance of maybe just sneaking on on the podium somewhere we've talked about it before we don't think 
she would enter races if she didn't believe she still had something in there to give and it may well be that in the training runs and the last few races we've seen from her she's almost just holding something back so that she's going to give everything yeah. to this one yeah, could be last right. week of racing you could be right and you're uh, again it's going to be a total of maybe three minutes worth of skiing at most four minutes worth of skiing that she's going to have to battle through but you want them to go out with a bang don't you you really do you do you want to see these guys go out on top on their own terms and it's quite important in a lot of the statements that she made when she was announcing her retirement uh, towards the back end of last week that she didn't want her story to be one only of injuries she wanted it to be of comebacks of overcoming things and when you think about it the reason she got to so many wins she absolutely dominated earlier in her career. I mean, a lot of the injury stuff has actually been quite late on. It's mm. been the last few years has been a lot of injuries to fight back from and rehab from each time that as you get older, it gets harder every time oh, yeah. um, and your body takes that bit longer to recover. So, you know, it's important that people don't forget just how incredible she was. And to be honest, still is um, at, at her age and, and with the, like you said, with the giant knee braces on and the, and the limitations of her body right now, she's actually still skiing incredibly. It's quite interesting as well, talking about mostly Vaughn here, but at the same time, Svindal's retirement is getting overshadowed, who's arguably one of the most successful Norwegians of all time, who's become a very important part of modern day speed racing giant slam a little bit but mostly speed racing and to see him hang up his boots what phenomenal talent he's been as well yeah he must be a little bit kind that von's uh stolen his thunder for for retirement a little bit again he's a person similar to, to Bodie miller who's really kind of popularized skiing in the last you know five ten years he's one of the people that when i talk to other friends who aren't ex-racers they know his name. They've heard about him. They 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 know he's a you know this giant Norwegian Viking man who uh, can do things no one else can on a set of yeah. skis. And it's really good when the sport has people like Von and like Svindal who do transcend the sport a little bit and do kind of cross over a little bit into other areas of the world where people know who they are, why they're famous, and and why they're so good at what they can do. I think if we're talking medal chances, Findel's probably got a bit more of a chance. He's mm. he's shown glimpses this year. He's had a couple podiums as well. And also, Im- importantly, for, for both of them, with all the injuries that they've had and, and, and f- feeling their bodies the way they are, the conditions in the first week and the weather looks relatively clear. It looks beautiful. And, it? and that's what you want. You don't want to be seeing them racing in like, too snowy or... Um, where it's foggy luck. conditions yeah, or where it could be luck the out based on the outcome yeah and, and also just we've seen some races this year as well where if the conditions aren't great we've seen Svindal holding back a bit if you yeah. can't see where the where the terrain is and where the bumps are your subconscious kind of eases you back a yeah. bit whereas if you can see and it, if the rest of the week's as clear as it was today he can go full power um, and give it everything he's got in these last couple of races the other thing that's going to be quite interesting off the back of certainly Svindal's retirement is how Yandra's going to take it. Because those two, we talked about it in plenty of the previous podcasts, and I talk about it on Eurosport. When you've got a good team dynamic, when you've got a great partnership or a small pod of, of competitors, how much it drives you and helps you carry on it. And it 
builds better results. What I actually think is going to be quite interesting is how, even though we're in an individual sport, how much Svindal's retirement actually affects Jandrud, who's been there in Svindal's career for the past at least 10 years. I can't think off the top of my head, at least 10 years. Um, those two have been a duo. I mean, we've got Alexander Mark Kilder, who's sort of squeezed into that, that duo and become a trio. But in reality, it's it's those two guys that have really drawn the Norwegians forward back after Kuse and Ormot. So I think it's going to be interesting as well as Svindal retiring. Jansra is going to have to, I think, alter the way that he sees uh, racing. Yeah, I had in my notes what's wrong with Jansra because he just hasn't seemed himself for quite a lot of this year. Um, the, like the opening race of the season, pretty much. Yeah, like everything started as normal and you'd think, okay, he's here to dominate, try and win the Super G title and, and contest the downhill. And then since then, he's he's really dropped away. He had that very peculiar uh, weekend in Bormio yeah, yeah, yeah. where he talked about hitting stones and that, you know that's not really the kind of thing you expect to stop a downhill race a no. mid-run. And then obviously hurt his hand recently as well. Yeah, um, he's had a decent operation on that one, so... I think he had yeah, a few rods put in his hand. But you're right. The previous years, we've got so used to seeing Jansrud looking effortless and skiing really quickly and winning multiple World Cups as well as the overalls. And, and there's something missing from his skiing. And I wonder whether it's easy to get in that. Obviously, Svindal's picked up a good few knocks. And I just wonder whether that, that productive duo mm. turned into maybe, speculating obviously, but maybe just has a slight detrimental effect because obviously Svindal's looking to step away and I assume that has known this decision for quite a while uh, before he's let on to everybody else. So I just wonder whether Jans is sort of finding it a bit harder, maybe, and and sort of trying to, like I say, resettle into what it's going to be like for life without Svinda. Enough so, about retirement. Enough about retirements. Let's talk about who's going to start winning some medals. The racing is coming thick and fast over the next two weeks. So we've got Tuesday, which is the first opportunity for a medal. We've got Women's Super G and where we're going to see Schifrin battle it out for the win. Well, she's not going to start in the actual downhill, and she's trying to work out whether she's going to start the Alpine combined, which is obviously a run of slalom and a run of downhill. So we'll, we'll chat about that in a minute. But Super G for the women is the first event to take us into these championships. And so far this season, Schifrin's undefeated in yeah. Super G. She opted out of the last round uh, and didn't race, uh, but every race she has entered so far, she's won. Yeah, won three out of five. And then specifically her and the US team have been quite vocal about trying to manage her workload during this World Champs because she is an incredible all-round talent right now. And when you look at, as you said, just how many runs she could be doing in a two-week period, including training runs, they do need to manage it. So they're probably looking at what are the most realistic medal opportunities and the Super G will be highlighted as that first one. So... She's going to be ready to go. She inspected the downhill today, so she's been on the piste, feeling what it's like, what the snow conditions are like underfoot, how much fresh snow they've had might might play into a little bit to do with what waxes they might go for. But to be honest with you, she'll probably go down as one of the favourites at the, at the start of it. The Austrians have had an incredible resurgence the last couple of weeks um, with Schmidhofer and Siebenhofer um, looking really good. And then also the comeback of Sophia Godin. She only had two races 
Two second places. Two podiums. So <laughs> whether or not she's fully back to full fitness, well, we don't know. Well, she's not going to be race sharp, is she? You're not doing two races, having having not raced for such a long time. But if she's good enough to jump two podiums, then she but, puts herself right in contention. Yeah, and, and she the other not... guys might, must yeah. be a little bit nervous about the former Sophia Goggia. So there are 11 medals on offer in this championships. So you've got um, five for the men, five for the women, and then the team event, which is obviously two men and two women. So who, for you, Ben, is going to pick up the first medal? Let's have a... Um Let's have a think. Let's see who can get most picks. So anybody's up for grabs, you can say Hirscher and you can say Schifrin. Let's see who's going to get more <laughs> and if we can actually start picking more than a couple right because we are supposed to be experts. I've, I've never claimed to be an expert. I'll no, go, I, cl- I, 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 I'll, I'll give call, you the expert stamp. Uh, I call myself enthusiast and super fan. Um, but Super G, I wrote about four names down when looking well, at the Super Well, you can't have four names. I, I One name. One um, name. Who, who are you hanging your hat on? The fact that you said we can pick Schifrin now might change things. But to be honest with you, I've been quite impressed with uh, Lara Gutbarami uh, the past couple of weeks. She started to look a little bit more, like we said, like herself from a few years back. I think, I think I'm going to go with Lara Gutbarami for, for the Super G. Whoa. I'm still going to stick away from, from Schiffer and I'm going to save my pick in the favourites for her show in the slalom of GS probably. What? I mean, I know she's... She, what did she pick up? A third place the other day in Super G? When we're talking about battling to see you and I about who's going to win <laughs> win the pick race and you're still sticking with Barami. It's your podcast. I'm letting you in. All right, cheers. <laughs> I... Oh, okay. I also have three names down. Okay. Um, so you're picking the whole podium. So I'm going to pick up. No, I'm not going to pick the whole podium. I've got Schifrin, Stuhetz, and Goggia earmarked as my potential winners, but I am going to go for Goggia. Good shout. Like she looked. She, I was surprised she didn't say Schifrin after her. Having, I just wonder whether the snow. They talked about it in the press before we came here. Then before the men were supposed to race in Garmisch, and the men were saying that it's the first time this season that they've actually raced, or were supposed to race, on snow as opposed to ice. Fake snow, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think that that is going to play into the hands of somebody that's a little bit more speed-orientated than Schifrin, who's a a little bit more techie. and And I'm banking on my call being because Schifrin may not have that subtlety underfoot that a downhiller will have on this type of snow. As a former speed specialist, how does that change your racing when you're on more fresh snow as opposed to the man-made or the overly injected kind of bulletproof stuff? It tended to change how, obviously how you wax and obviously there's lots of different base structures you can use. So with the man-made snow, it's a little less abrasive on your skis. So you have something that's got a little bit more of a a deeper grind so that the the water will expel quicker underneath the ski. But also just means that you you won't have the ski as sharp at the tip and as the tail. So it'll allow you to get on and off the edges and onto a flat ski, which is ultimately what you're looking for in any speed races, because obviously it's faster to be on a flat ski than it is to be on an edge. So you, you tend to just dull the tip and the tail so that your ski is a bit more subtle. So when you do roll on, it's more progressive. Whereas on the ice, when it's bulletproof ice, you want it sharp at the top and the sharp at the back so that when you do roll up that ski, you've, the tip of the ski is the first thing that bites and initiates that turn. So you tend to just slightly 
change your setup. And you might go for a slightly softer ski because you don't need something that's quite as aggressive and, and needs that sort of stiffness to bite in the ice and bite across the ripples. It'll change a bunch of stuff, so that's a very good point. Um, so let's move from the women on Tuesday racing Super G, the men on Wednesday race Super G. Who are you thinking is going to pick up the opening gold medal for the men? That's going to be a, a really tough one because the men's Super G is very open at the moment. Uh, oh, it's the, the World Cup standings, close. There's, there's four or five guys within 20 points of each other. Yeah. When you I think, think it's even less, actually, but you're right. It's been when, close. When, when, when you think the likes of Schifrin and Hersher in their respective disciplines have got two and 300 point leads, it's, it's quite ridiculous how close a lot of these people are. I guess in the, in the men's Super G, I was just a little, just a little bit upset that Max Franz isn't yeah. going to be there with his suffering his quite quite recent injury with his broken heel. With his broken heel. Um, he he's been one of my kind of go to picks this year, and obviously one one of the opening races of the season as well, which was a really impressive feat. But part of me really wants to say it will be a Svindal farewell, but I, I don't think I can quite back him enough for the for the win. But on that same theme, I'm probably going to say Kilda oh, just nice. to try and to try and go for that changing of the guard race almost yeah, no, to, yeah. to, to see if he can say you have a nice you have a nice retirement race i'll remind don't, everyone yeah. that i've got i've got the next few years taken yeah, care don't of. don't worry i've got it from here yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm going to go for Creekmire. he was on he was on my short list was he? Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah i think he's got he's in great form he had a little bit of a, a head wobble if you like with kitzbühel just tactically didn't get it quite right maybe a little bit overly aggressive in some areas of both in the downhill as we saw him escape twice some serious crashes and then in the super g just a simple line error i think made him lose a slot on the podium and potentially a, a win so i think kriegmeier is going to take the win for there and also jack gower is racing so jack gower is racing the super g and the downhill and supposedly the alpine combined as well Jack's been training really hard. He's actually put his giant slalom skis on quite a bit over the last few weeks to try and get back to basics with his technique, get back to looking at how the skis bite underneath him and, and trying to get some real quality technical feeling before going up to RA to start racing. It's his first world championships and he was buzzing off the back of Kitzbühel. He said he absolutely loved it. It was such a cool race. The whole environment was something he'd never experienced. And I think unless you actually race in Kitzbühel, you will never feel that wave of sound that hits you when you come over the finish line. It's incredible. And he was absolutely buzzing off the back of it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Jack. Um, he'll have a slightly better start number, won't he? Because of the quota systems and how it works. So four athletes from the top nations are allowed to race. And so it means that Jack should have a slightly better start number, hopefully. He doesn't have 15 Austrians and French yeah, and exactly. Swiss going in front of him each time. Exactly. So I think I think we should hopefully see some, some decent... I'm hoping... For maybe a top top twenty, top yeah, fifteen, I, I, maybe. Yet more. I think I think he's probably targeting a top twenty, and I think a good I think a good day out is a top twenty five for Jack at this stage of his young career, and I think he should be extremely happy if he gets inside the top twenty. And then we move to Friday, so it will be the next opportunity for a medal, and that is the women's alpine combined. So one runner downhill, one runner slalom, one winner. Who's it going to be? Well, I might, I might hold my pick off until we find out if Schifrin's racing or not. <laughs> she can put so much time between her and anyone else in one run of slalom that if she does then decide to compete 
she'll probably slot in as favourite, having won three yeah. Super Gs this year. Um, so that would be quite an interesting one. I don't want to pick... World Cup downhill before as well, isn't she? I don't, I don't want to pick someone who's not going to end up entering. Okay, so you, um... okay, with maybe two winners, maybe maybe a Schifrin. So you think if if Schifrin races, you think Schifrin wins? I think so. Yeah, I think I think she'd win. But in ter- in terms of picks, I'm more happy to to go go with someone different. Um, we've been talking about the possibility of. Wendy Holdner getting her no, first yeah. World Cup win for uh, a while now, and it's not it's not quite coming. But she did pretty well in the slalom at the weekend. She got a third place in the podium there. She's not a formidable downhill skier, but definitely confident enough. But she is the reigning Alpine combined world champion, so she's got to be one of the favourites. I put her down as my winner, but whether again, if Schifrin does race, I agree. I think Schifrin comes in as favourite. I can't see Schifrin not racing combined as she would probably be a very heavy favourite going into it. So did we uh, did you did you make a call? Did you, I'll, you I'll, I'll, sti- well? I'll stick with I'll stick with Holdner. Okay. Uh I think I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna go Holdner and I think we both agree that Schifrin is probably going to win if she starts. Um, <laughs> Schifrin doesn't listen to this podcast. We just continually don't pick her despite her being the favourite for everything all the time. Uh, <laughs> Saturday Men's downhill. The time for the uh, the highlight. I like to think of it as the highlight, the downhill. <laughs> that, that downhill track, though, has one of the longest jumps in World Cup. Whether they actually um, have shaved it down. I remember seeing them in at the finals, seeing them fly, I think it was about 50 metres. Whopper. Like, it's a proper it? whopper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah is that it? Um, and so, who is your money on for the downhill? That's a t- again. Do you want to be sentimental and say Findel on his farewell race? But I said the last couple of weeks, Foyts is probably getting a little bit wound up with people continually sneaking in front of him. So I think I'm going to go with Foyts. Like you said, the fresher snow I think will suit him a little bit more than Paris and Innerhofer, who are probably like it that bit more icy and bulletproof. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Foyts further down. Oh, I'm going to stop letting you call first. Because you can pick the same. No, we can both, we can no, both. no, we can't both be right. <laughs> this is competition. There's a winner and there is a loser. We're not going to tie. Then, then we can. Then we can both be experts. <laughs> um, okay, so I am going to change my call from Foyts as well, and I think I may I may back Kriegmeier for a double if I can't pick Foyts, or am I going to change it and go with somebody like Kilda? For the Super G, Matthias Meyer hasn't really looked like himself in no, downhill, but he's a big, has he? He's, no, but he's, he's a, a big, bigger threat. He's a big day racer, though. He's yeah. a big, you know, he does like to turn it up when it really matters. You know, Olympic champ. He doesn't do that much in World Cup week in week out, but come the big day, he is a contender, and you can't get away from that. But I am going to stick. I'm going to go Kriegmeier again. I'm going to go Kriegmeier double. Wow. Heavy on the Austrians already. Yeah, well, they it's normally d- what I do. <laughs> yeah, just taking off your mantle. So that's Saturday taken care of. Jack Gowers again racing, and I think similarly. Before we move on, we're looking for a, a similar result for him, and I am again going to say that I think inside the twenty-five, it's a good day. Inside the twenty is an exceptional day for Jack, and it's and it's safe to say that this is. It's not Kitzbühel, and it's not Wengen, and it's not Garmisch, and it's certainly not Bormio, but this is definitely still a track that is 
big and fast, but it's not though it doesn't have that intimidating sort of name behind it, even though it's probably got some parts that will be as tricky as some of those big places, but it doesn't come with that fear factor that those other ones do. So for a young guy, it's a perfect opportunity of a, for a racetrack to come in and, and produce some of his best skiing. So right, so Sunday, the women's downhill. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Wait, to I'm pick. actually no, I am going to. You're going to get to go again. first, this yeah, time. because you're. I think you probably are going to choose who I think. Uh, I'm going to stick with my Austrian theme that Schmidhofer is going to carry on with that form that she's had over the last few weeks, and I'm going to stick Schmidhofer in there for the win. I might swap with yours then and say uh, Sophia Goggia. Was that who um, you, you were you going to call Schmidhofer? You were, uh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> down there. <laughs> Um, gotcha. But there's 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 quite a few that could that could turn up and win on on the day. Um, yeah, it's been great, hasn't it? The women's like, like downhill side has been. Yeah, has been... considering like we, we we talked about already, Godje has only just come back. But on any given day, she will put herself in in the mix. Stuhetz has really come into her own this year. The Austrians the last few weeks have been on on fire. Um, behind that, you you have the lights of Vyrata, who's had a really mm. quiet season by her standards, but she's chipping uh, away at results, isn't she? Yeah, could could easily uh, turn up on the day and, and, and put a result in. So you're going to go, Gotcha. I'm going to go Schmidhofer, and then that's the weekend done, and then it's on to Monday for the Alpine combined for the men. I haven't written any picks down that far in the future. Oh, good. Well, I've um, I've written uh, picks. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's actually I'm going to go straight off the bat and still probably who you were going to say is going to win as well so I feel quite good about that going first um, I think Pantero is going to win oh, that was going to be who I was going to say as well <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting last year in the Alpine combined the best Frenchman was ninth, and that was Adrian Teo I do think that it's going to be more of a slalom skier which we've tended to see that's the way that it's gone over the last certainly the last few seasons worth of um, Alpine combined is definitely geared towards Islam's gear. So who's your call? Who's but your uh, yeah, so looking back, I, I probably would have said Pantero to start off with. Um, but like you said, Victor Victor Mufajande's right up there at the moment. And earlier this year in the Alpine combined, Marco Schwartz won. Yeah, and he skied um, very well in the downhill as well, didn't he? Yeah, moment? to be honest with you, I would I might say Schwartz for the for the win. I was I was kind of airing towards Victor Mufajande as, as he's kind of got probably the better pedigree longer term he does more speed events in general he does a couple of super g's throughout the season but um you know schwartz is is skiing really well at the moment so i'll say i'll say marco schwartz Uh, and jack garris supposedly going to chuck on his skis for that one as well i I have to admit that uh, jack slalom skiing is an unknown quantity to me so i'm i've absolutely no idea what will be a um a good result. A good result for well, him. We'll find out and watch, so, uh, watch with excitement. So, which will be really cool. I think another chance to put on the skis, another chance to race. It still count as a downhill. You know, yeah. more time on the long skis. You don't get a chance to train a lot of downhill. So, come race a, an Alpine combined at the World Championships. It's got to be good. Uh, and then we move on to the team event, which is a week on Tuesday, the twelfth of February. What do you make of the team event? It's a it's a tough one to pick because you never know who's going to race because the likes of Schifrin and Hersher and, and the marquee names at the end of that first week and a bit could be exhausted from their exertions if they are racing quite a bit. So sometimes you you, you know, people think oh Austria will win loads and then 
they roll out a team of four and you think, wait, where, where are all the fast people? Mm. It, and so the, the I guess the household names aren't necessarily racing. I like the actual race itself is fine, but then when you don't have the best people racing in it, it kind of takes away that it's a world championship medal that isn't being contested by the absolute best of the best. I totally agree with you. The team event is one of my biggest bugbears, and, I, and I'm not sure, and I think I'm actually in the minority. I think lots of fans really rate the team event and see it as this, you know, it's a real good opportunity to to show the depth of your team. Um, but I think that because the athletes don't take it seriously, or don't take it as seriously, that's not that wasn't fair, but don't take it as seriously as the other events in the World Championships. If they don't take it as, as seriously, then that is the way that it, it should be seen. And, and I just think that it's more of an exhibition yeah, race rather than exactly. an official And I think if it's there for a World Championships medal and Fizz have obviously got it in there because they like their head-to-head, they want it to be part of the racing. And I think as a spectacle, it's brilliant. But, I mean, I think it gets more credit than it deserves. But we'll see. If the athletes take it seriously and we see the best athletes in all the teams, two men and two women, then it's a big success and we can wholeheartedly get behind any result from any team. If the best people, guys and girls, aren't there, then for me, it's a spectacle. It's an exhibition, like you say. Uh, last year, the French won it. The Slovakians were second and the Swedes were third. Brits didn't enter. But we saw at the Olympic Games, the Brits did enter and we were joint fifth. The Swiss won it. I think if you talk to any ski racing, not even an expert, a ski racing fan, who's the best team around... It's Austria. Yeah. The team event, if you were to put names on paper and you didn't make it an event, you would see the two fastest from men and from women, it would be Austria. And I think the fact that the Austrians don't take it as seriously, and it remains to be seen if they do this year, I kind of hope they do, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and I think it's quite tough for the individual racers who you said if they're not taking it as serious they do for the individuals. What's quite probably hard for them is, although they train together as a team most of the time all year round it is an individual sport you're there racing for yourself and you think of the likes of Herscher and Schifrin that will be doing multi-disciplines yes if they win the team event they'll be like that's another gold medal on on my list of accolades but if if they're then tired for the slalom a couple days later and they don't win the slalom that will be worse for them than than anything else the the Austrian press aren't going to go oh here's you didn't win the slalom but it's okay you won the team event. Exactly. exactly. But again, the, the British team skied really well. I know a few people that were at the Olympics last year and they said it was really exciting uh, to watch Team GB performing uh, and being in with that chance of getting up in the medal shootout. So with Dave and Tilly, we've got a, we've got a couple people that are getting consistent, um, solid results on the World Cup now. And like I said, if other people aren't taking it as seriously as they should, then if the British team can get on the podium, uh, that will be a formidable result did you want to pick it oh what the team event sorry yeah um i don't know because you just don't know who's going to race i think it becomes really difficult because i I don't think i don't think the best people are going to race i think the french have got a good all-round team so i was was thinking of the austrian their their tech skiers have got a lot of injuries at the moment so in those kind of gs head-to-heads i I don't know that they will actually have the, the fastest in the women's department whereas the likes of tessa Worley uh in in the women's being able to do like those um, kind of good GS turns 
Uh, and then obviously we've talked about the French all-round men are mm. are incredible and they, they do quite like this parallel format. So I think the French will be a force to be reckoned with in it. I still don't know because, like I said, I, you just don't know who's going to race. I think if you could pick it thinking that everybody was going to race, I would, I would back the Austrians or the Swiss. Again, you know, Olympic champions in this discipline... I tell, I'll, I'll throw one out there just to, to wind you up a little bit. Oh, Sweden, yeah, <laughs> if they have the men's and women's, the, the two best... Yeah, that's a Swedes, very good shout. The, the Swedes could, could come no. away and they and be in the host nation. Yeah, I like that shout. I think they'll be taking it seriously. They will, and I definitely. Think, and I think they'll want to come away with the goals. If you think of uh, Murr and... Uh, who's the next Olsen. best? And Hagen or, or Hagen. Olsen. Yeah, and they've then, got a bit And then Hans Dotter... Yeah. recently podiuming as well in, in the women so yeah I think we can we can both say Sweden oh yeah that's, I, I, I agree okay yeah I like it the, yeah host nation are going to take it seriously they want to pick up a medal and probably maybe their best chance at a medal to be fair so women's GS Thursday the 14th of February ladies are going to battle it out remember we've got Schifrin is, is open and I think I'm going to go Schifrin if you've got any sense, you're going to go shifting as well. <laughs> I can't see anybody getting close. I know we had a tie in the last World Cup. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I mean, I've called I've called Tessa a few times. Well, Tessa this... is the reigning champ. Yeah, I've called Tessa a few times this this year. She she did me a big favour on the opening race of the season, and she was looking really good this weekend. She made one giant mistake that basically cost her a podium uh, on on the second run um, of of the race this weekend. Um, so. I don't. I've got. I've got a soft spot for the French. I lived there for a couple of years, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with Tessa. I think she. If she gets two runs right, she can definitely be in the mix with Schifrin. Um, and as well, we've seen Vlahova's been uh, on fire yeah, in GS just, recently. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's not it's not as nailed on. I think as as we sometimes think. But yeah. it is. If if you're allowed to pick her, it's it's crazy not to. But then again, I'm a bit crazy. So um, yeah, I'm gonna say Tessa. Tessa Warner. Okay. Uh, you make me feel bad for picking Schifrin now. You're, you're deciding not to pick Schifrin. Um, I do think I do think Schifrin's going to win. I just can't. She's formidable. She's skiing very well. A little mistake took that win away from her. And I think she won't tactically make that error again that she made in Maribor. So I, I am going to say Schifrin. And um, we've got a Brit racing. Alex Tilly looking forward to her racing at the World Champs. Last time out of the 2017 World Champs in Samaritz, she was 30th. And this season, she's been skiing incredibly well. Rolled off the gas a little bit. Again, a couple of mistakes creeping into her skiing. And, and at the bottom of Maribor, making a couple of... Basic makes it sound harsh, but a couple of si- more cost, simple... Costly errors. Costly yeah. errors at the bottom, which you, you think that... She could probably have avoided with a little more tactical decisions slightly further up the piece. So, but she's been skiing really well. Her coach, Noel Baxter, is confident about her upcoming chances. And I think she can score a top 15 easily. And if she, on her day, if she can string two of her best runs together, I think we could see her inside the top 10. Yeah, I know you were saying in Maribor, those, the turns she was doing and the split she was doing were absolutely brilliant. She was right in the mix. In comparison to the people starting around her, the first three splits of that run were way in front uh, of everyone around her. And she was looking uh, like she was going to be in a very solid position for starting the second run. So I was absolutely gutted when, when she made those, those mistakes at the bottom that cost her the time. Unfortunately, Maribor's quite a flat piece towards the finish. So when the mistakes came in, there's there's no way to 
kind of save the speed once you've once you've made the made the mistake. So if Alex can keep those mistakes out for the whole first run, she'll be in an incredible position for for the second run. She'll have a nice start number and hopefully she can do really, really well. So we're coming towards the tail end of the champs. We've got a week on Friday, the men race GS, and we are going to see and surely another exhibition from Marcel Hirscher. He is looking unstoppable. He put a lot of wrongs to right. He'll probably be a little bit annoyed he didn't get to race GS this weekend in Garmisch. But he he has to be the absolute standout favourite in the men's. He's been unstoppable this year. And before you get your pick in, I'm picking him for slalom and GS. Um... Oh, that's a double. <laughs> You've jumped ahead. I've jumped, I've, jumped, I've jumped right in front. I'll let you pick Schifrin in the women's. And I've jumped oh, in and nabbed Hersha for the men's. Or do you think... Do you think, therefore, that Hirscher is more nailed on for slalom and GS than Schifrin is nailed on for slalom and GS? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Must be, otherwise I would have like tried yeah. to jump so you... in front of okay. you. Yeah. Okay. Um... So you're going to go Hirscher. I, I did have Hirscher down for my pick. For, for the GS? For the GS. Yeah. But I do think, I think Jan Kranjek is going to be the one that's going to push him the closest. The Slovenian. Um, you think? Uh, I backed him for a win when we weren't allowed to pick Hirscher in Garmisch. Uh, and I still think that he is on some form across slalom and GS. So I think he's going to push him really close. But I, I still I agree with you that Hirsch is going to be the man that everybody's going to be looking at. And, and I think it's probably going to be a tall order for anybody to topple him. But Charlie Raposo of British... Fame is going to be um, starting in GS. Do you know what? It's, he's been skiing really well in splits, and we talked about splits and how actually splits don't really mean anything because you have to be in the finish. But at the same time, it means that you can take heart from it and hopefully help keep your confidence up when you've had a bunch of DNFs off the back of World Cup racing. And I really do think if Charlie can put a whole run down, he will easily be inside I think with a diminished field he'll definitely be within the 30 and I think he can really start to push on inside a top 25 I think if he can get inside a top 25 at the world champs he should be extremely proud of himself yeah and you can take a lot away from those kind of performances when you know you can say to yourself okay well when I'm starting a little bit in slightly fairer conditions I am on a par with these guys and then it is just a case of getting that result here or there in the World Cup races to really drag that start yeah. number down. And sometimes it does take a bit of luck. Sometimes you need one of those days where you get a bit of a luck with the conditions to do it. But like you said, the, although the splits don't count as a standalone thing, they can tell you where you're at. And if you are if you know you can put down those runs without mistakes and, and really focus it on any one given run, then that's what you need. And I'm really hoping to see some, some special skiing from, from Charlie in the next couple of weeks. And the final weekend of the world champs so the women race slalom on saturday and i think we've already we've already both there and i think it'll be no surprise to any of you guys listening to call shifrin for the win she's just going to be unstoppable i can't see i can't see vlahova getting close i really think that that shifrin could almost put her skis on backwards I don't, I don't think she would have shed her skis on backwards, but... Um, oh, she, she'd have a fair crack. <laughs> she, she would definitely still be an incredible skier doing that. But yeah, last weekend in, in Maribor, no one really got close. She was, she was comfortably, as well, wasn't she? comfortably in front of people. Vlahova has, has pushed her a couple times this season. Hansdott has looked 
good at times. Uh, I think we saw some good skiing from from the Ragan Hill Movinkle as well. There are people who could get near her, but that's if that's if she makes that's, a if, that's if she's not a hundred percent and they ski out of their skins, which is you know a testament to just how brilliantly Schifrin's skiing at the moment. Part of me wants to save Lahova just to keep it interesting and and put a, put a challenge down. No, no. no I mean, well, you're welcome to <laughs> to call whoever you like. Uh, and I can't see anybody getting anywhere near. You've already reeled off a bunch of people that would have to ski out of their skins and have Schifrin have a bad day, which doesn't happen very often. You, you no, know, she, she doesn't really even doesn't. have. She's got to have two runs of a bad day. She barely has one. Yeah, definitely. No, I think she is. She is the absolute prohibitive favourite, um, and. So far this season, Vlahova's the only person who's really pushed her. And even then, it was more in the in the city event head-to-heads and uh, in GSs. In, in slaloms, yes, she has beaten her. But again, it's once here or there just isn't the same as no. week-in, week-out dominance that, that Schifrin's been putting in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Schifrin as well. And, and expect to see Alex Tilly racing in the slalom. But also Charlie Guest, who will be part of Team GB for the team event. So Charlie Guest coming back from injury. She's had a really tough time trying to get back fit and strong enough and have enough time on the skis to start really challenging. So again, a little bit like how we spoke about Jack Gower with not really having an idea about his slalom form. And I think it's safe to say not many people, barring Charlie's coaches and herself, will have a real grasp on how Charlie's going to get on. I'm hoping that she's in good form, obviously for herself, because you only want to be showing yourself at these events in good form because the last thing you want to do, especially at something like the World Champs, where there is the added media hype, there is more press on World Champs than there is in World Cup. And so if you come and race at World Champs and don't do as well as you could, let's say, that's all they're going to focus on. They don't know the backstory as much. They don't know that you've not been racing World Cup this year because of injury. And I think it's quite a pressurised situation to come in and race at World Champs, being your first big status race back. So I think it's going to be tough for Charlie, but I'm really hoping that she's able to hit the ground running, especially as she's going to be part of the team for the, uh, the GB team event. Yeah, and hopefully Tilly and Charlie both racing in the slalom is a bit more of a, almost, for them they can almost take it as like, like a pressure off yeah, environment exactly. and, and almost kind of, yes, the World Champs is a very pressurised experience and, and almost kind of flip what you said around a little bit and just take it as, yes, the media might think this is a bad result for, for me because it's the World Champs and those kind of things, but in your own mind, knowing what your goals are, what you're what you're trying to get out of it for someone like Charlie, it could well be, let's experience a world champs environment you know she could be looking to be in olympics in three years time so having having gone to uh major races be it previous olympics or world champs just getting that opening ceremony big hype kind of thing so more times you do it when you're then in your absolute prime the more relaxed you can be when when you uh, you know really want to be at your athletic peak so you know take the pressure off just do have fun and give it everything and you know if, if you're if you're injured then don't don't be afraid to, to step back and say I'm not ready yet. Mm, that's true. Who knows? Don't know how strong she's feeling. So she may be if she does listen to this, she may turn around and be like, they have no idea what they're talking about. I'm fit and strong and ready to go. So I regularly I, get told I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that's true. And, but, <laughs> but we'll see. I, I think that you're right. It's 
Alex, it's not Alex Tilly's favourite event, so the pressure's off her slightly. And Charlie has little form going in due to injury, so maybe the pressure's off for her. And may, and, and hopefully, that is the recipe for for a cool result. Uh, and then on to the last race of the World Championships, the men's slalom. The real on most Sunday. important one. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and that's tiny skis. That can't be. That can't be the highlight. Those skis are so small. It's the reason it's the last medal they give out. It's because it's their most important one. Um. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Right. So, men's slalom. Who's your money on? I've already picked Hersher. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Actually, that's true. You he, did already pick Hersher. That Schladming. Well, that second skiing. run was something else, wasn't it? The second run was something else. And the first run after the, you know supposed criticism of his previous first yeah. runs was out of this world as well I mean other guys have been skiing brilliantly this year you know Schwartz has put on some brilliant shows Noel had back-to-back victories to say there are other people beating Marcel Herscher is, is in itself quite shocking but he is still the man to beat at all times yeah I think you are probably right with the win if I had to put hot cold hard cash on, on somebody to win it would be Herscher I've, I've written down Clement Noel. He, he's he's in great form. He's in great form, but also he's he's young, and we talk about these big events and how they can be intimidating. But at the same time, Clement Noel rocks up and wins his first race, World Cup race in Wengen. Then turns out pressure really on him in, in Kitzbühel and wins. Maybe the guy just is not bothered. Just yeah, just like whatever. Doesn't, doesn't I'm, I'm know just what pressure is, yeah. yeah, and so. Maybe that you know that could stand him in really good stead for for coming in and making an upset. But I agree. I think Hirsch is probably the man to beat. Quick note on Dave Riding and Laurie Taylor. Dave has had a bit of an up and down season, not necessarily through results, but certainly up and down runs. Last weekend in Schladming, or last Tuesday in Schladming, I think that was a great race for him because it was two runs which were both very good yeah there was, it was really strong runs strong both times runs, that's probably he knows it, yeah. he knows both of them he could probably go quicker on both runs but there was no oh what's he done there moments yeah. or you know like we've been talked about some of the younger guys having mistakes that have cost them a lot of their speed or the possibility for a second run Dave's not had those kind of mistakes that have really cost him. There's ones that might have cost him a few more yes. steps up the up the up the up the ladder on the results, but that was probably one of his most consistent yes. two run races this season. So yeah, we know he's got the ability to do those monstrous second run charges if he messes up the first run. But what we really want now is to see the equivalent of that Madonna run twice exactly. um, on the same day. Like we said, these are these are these are massively reduced fields. Dave's got less Austrians to contend with than Yeah, normal. but you're still talking about the sharp end. So there's not six Austrians that will beat Dave. So the fact that there's only four Austrians in the start list, I think when it, when you come to the, the very sharp end of any race through these world championships, the best guys are still there. So if you're talking about taking the top step or a podium, then the fact that there aren't six Austrians or French or whoever, whichever nation you want to talk about, I think that that means that there's probably less of an impact to uh, for you to have an effect on your result. What do you see as a good day for Dave at the World Championships, Lalem? If you were to say kind of good, great, or amazing, I think Dave will want 
a minimum of a top ten for a good day. Yeah. Outstanding's on the podium. Yeah. Um, you know, he's now And got, he's definitely got the quality to do it. So. Yeah, like so he's had two World Cup seconds, um, one in a team event, one a couple of years ago, he had the fourth this year. He has set the fastest run on a day this year. So he can go that fast. If he can put that down, you know, in his mind he will probably be looking at that podium and saying, I I can do that. Yes. For for being slightly more kind of objective and not trying to pile the pressure on him, a top ten is a good day in a in a world championship slalom. But realistically, he'll probably be looking at that top five and just saying, "Get in there, you know," and that that's where I belong. Yes. And then those last few races of the World Cup season, he can you know really feel like this is this is my spot and drive on from there. Yeah, I agree. I think an outstanding day for Dave is He's winning. Well, yeah, I think it's a podium. <laughs> I think inside, I'd say inside a, a top seven or better, I think is a great day. And so I think, I, I think that, I don't know, it's funny, isn't it? How, how are perceptions of, of a good result now for Dave? And that just shows how well, how good he is and how well he's skiing. I think I would be disappointed if he just scraped a top 10. And which sounds ridiculous when you're talking about a, a Brit in a major championships event, I think I in his have, mind I have to he say would, it, and I think yeah. he would see it as I think he would see say the same. In in his mind, definitely he he'll be having his eyes a lot higher up that uh, you know finish list than than the top ten. But I think just in trying to temper expectations a little bit, <laughs> trying to keep the lid on my excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When he's standing in the start gate and I'm watching on telly, I'll be like. You know, it'd be like the yeah. summer with the football. It's coming home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but there's a couple of other guys I wanted to talk about. Before you move on, right, right, right. let's just say about Laurie. I'd oh, quite yeah. like to, to sort of get your take on, on Laurie for this championships. I guess we've covered it a little bit with some of the other British athletes we've talked about. Now is the time to really kind of showcase your skills. You're going to be slightly further forward in the start list. Yeah, so it Laurie's will make in, a difference for Laurie. Laurie's in that area where he's currently starting, kind of like late 30s, yeah. early 40s. So once you take a few French, Austrians and Swiss out of the way, that'll be bumped down to probably low 30s. Yeah. And that puts you in a brilliant position for making that second run. And yes, OK, it doesn't necessarily make a difference in terms of World Cup points and those other kind of things that we've been talking about for him. But if he can put a solid first run down and get into the second run, it just gives you that confidence you need moving forwards and just showcase his skills a bit. Like each of the runs where I have got to see some of his skiing, we've seen glimpses of a really kind of loose, relaxed slalom skier that looks really fun to watch. But then unfortunately it's always tempered with either a, a mistake and a crash or, or, you know, a big edge check or something. It's just finding that balance between just completely letting the skis go and, and just being that, bit tactical enough to make sure you're in the race I mean definitely not quite on the same level as as him but Manny Feller has that same approach but because he's so fast the Austrian coaches appear to let him just go you know what do your thing every run as long as you don't get into your own head about it later yeah. and I think that's what uh, Laurie's got to make sure it doesn't start to become a thing in his head about the second runs and like we said having those few less people in front of you will just relax him a little bit more and so there's almost less pressure on getting that second run because it's it's that bit more within reach rather yeah. than you having to do a great run to make it. You could just put down a solid run and be yeah, in that second run. Yeah, because we've spoken about it plenty of times on here 
and I've spoken about it plenty of times commentating, that men's slalom skiing right now is ridiculously tight. There's so many guys right into the 70s, as we've seen Popov, the Bulgarian, like sixth and ninth from Bibs in the 70s. The men's slalom skiing is ridiculously stacked and you do have to charge every time. And we are seeing that charge from Laurie, but at the moment it's so far... It's been a charge and erratic, and I think that's where it's come, where the, where the big mistakes have coming, and we're seeing all the DNFs on these first runs or major mistakes at the bottom. But you're right. I think hopefully, maybe the fact that this field is going to be a little bit diminished means that he may just be able to just temper that charge and tactically ski because you do have to charge top to bottom. But at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself here. You still have to have a bit of a sense of a tactical awareness of if I charge down this bit it's not going to make me win and it's not going to get me a second run so maybe just it's to back off just a tad to be able to then to finish or to ski cleanly through a part that actually does make a big difference yeah certainly and you see the best guys in the world although Herschel looks like he's going flat out every run he is skiing certain sections of mountains very tactically yes he could attack more if he wanted to and that's how he is that good. He just attacks to the absolute maximum for that section that he needs yes. to. And, and it's not necessarily 100%. Like yeah, sometimes it's not, maybe not his maximum, but it's the maximum for that yeah. section of the track. And, and you'll see that sometimes with the top sections, he goes absolutely flat out for the first 10 gates when normally it's just a fairly simple rhythm on not a particularly steep piece. And then as they go over a roll or the first rhythm change comes in, then you see him kind of step down a gear and be that. That's when the tactics come in and then accelerate again yes. further down the order. And sometimes people get into their head, full gas, full gas, full gas. And it doesn't quite work that way. You just need to have that semblance Tactical of when to, still. Yeah, when, when to attack and when not to. Who are the other guys that you wanted to raise before we uh, wrap this one up? Most notably, Manny Feller. He is on a horrible run at the moment. Yeah, oh, big big pressure on him, I think, here. And he's had the backing of the Austrian Federation to get this slot. Do you think? I was going to say one of the things I was going to say, do you think they'll start him? I guess on the plus side, Hirschbühl and De Gruber haven't really done enough to show that they're worth a place in well, front think, of him. I think Hirschbühl has had top five. He was, what was he, top five in, in the first run of... Schladming, we've He's had seen... a couple of good runs, but not quite enough to yeah, really... And, um, Michael Matt, I don't know what he was doing on the first run of of uh, Schladming. I'm, he looked like he was... I, I wonder whether he was sick or something because he was properly cruising down there. So I think Man, Manu Fellow is actually benefiting off the fact that it's not going right for the rest of his team at the moment. Because, but Fella, you we just spoke about this tactical versus this all-out charge. And we say it time and time again, he doesn't have a tactical (laughs) head on his shoulders. But at the same time, he can win. And he can be somebody that, one of the Austrians that locks out an all-Austrian podium, quite conceivably, even off the back of a horrendous run of form. Also, do you think this will be the last world champs for Julian Lizarou? Or do you think he's going to make a comeback at 41? (laughs) Who knows? Because that man is defying all the odds. Uh, And I think that he... uh, I I, I wouldn't like to call it. I love watching that man ski. But I've got a question for you. Do you think we're going to see much more 
a Felix Neureuter? Well, we had a very interesting discussion a couple of days ago about this uh, after the second run of Schladming. Felix spent a very long time waving to the he crowd in the finish he, area he, and he immediately looked, uh, texted me and said, was that a goodbye wave? And I, I watched it a couple of times and it, it could well have been, but it's been very, very quiet on that front. Whereas all of the rumours around Svindal and Von, there was talk when as soon as Svindal said he wasn't going to race the downhill and Super G um, at, at Kitzbühel, people's like you know the murmuring started yeah. von it's been talked about all season yeah whereas it's just a little bit out of the blue he's yeah. had a lot of injuries but you don't think of him as an, a particularly old athlete even though he he is now kind of is he into his 30s now yeah, he's born in uh, 84 i believe so he's he's what th- coming up to 35 okay so so he is at that age where which Historically, you would have said is retirement age, but look at Lizaro. Look at Lizaro uh, and Grange until he until he hurt himself, himself yeah. and plenty of athletes now you speaking know, into ben... their late thirties. But I want he could because of all these other guys sticking their hands up and saying I'm retiring. Gone. Do you know what? If I tell them I'm retiring now, no one's going to care. I'm not going to have a good enough party. <laughs> yeah, may as well wait till after the World Cup finals. No one said that's going to be their last race. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, so um, I, I couldn't help but think it. You're exactly right. That that was a long goodbye. That was a long thank you, and he. And he seemed very touched by the applause that, and the love that the Austrians have for him. And I just wondered, maybe total wrong end of the stick. And again, we may be proved to be talking utter rubbish. But I, I just think that it looked to him, it reminded me of Lindsay Vonn at the end of Cortina, apart from nobody ran up and gave him any flowers and a big cuddle. That's because Herschel was still at the top, otherwise he might have done, because those two, are, those two are best mates, which I think is why the Austrians Love him. take take to him so well, is because he's such good mates with Herschel. Strangely with Felix, this season, he said all the injuries leading up to the season was coming back into full fitness. I remember talking on one of the very first podcasts about it would be great to see Felix kind of yes. getting back into full fitness. He was just starting to get back on skis a couple yes. of weeks before the season. Then he hurt his hand, and then he's had, I think, more back problems, and... I've been watching in the last few weeks thinking I can't wait till next season when he's had a whole summer of being healthy and getting back to it. And then obviously you see this wave in the finish area like, oh, is yeah. he? No, wait, what? Oh, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it could be utter rubbish, but it just seemed it seemed a little strange. So who knows? If anything's going to be pushing him towards retirement, it's that the races this year he's done, he hasn't been anywhere near contesting podiums, which is he is that good and that's where he should be. Yeah. And that Another might person. be what's... Yeah. So if he has a good world champs and a good close to the season, it might be enough to say, you know what, it's just because I've been yeah. so injured this year. It's not It's not been uh, my normal my normal standards. Anything else? No. What's Christopherson going to do? What is Christopherson? Are we going to see anything from Christopherson this world champs? <laughs> it would have been, if you'd said at the start of the season, he wouldn't be a major talking point for the slalom and GS. I think it's a shame that... The stuff that the major stuff that I start thinking about when I think of Christopherson now is not necessarily his skiing; it's his uh, behavior. Behavior in the finish area when he looks like a, a child when he doesn't get his own way. Uh, I think it's a real shame because he. I loved the battles in previous seasons between him and Hirscher. Those two duking it out, taking lumps out of each other, um, top to bottom. Yeah, uh, it's it's been brilliant, and I think it's a real shame that we don't have him doing it now. I mean, he, the world champs last time didn't go his own way, two-fourths in GS. 
and slalom in Samaras in 2017. Mm. I think he will be like a man possessed. But I wonder whether that's starting to work against him. I wonder if he's now, I've said it before, if he's in his own head, whether it's too much for him and he's pushing and trying too hard and and hasn't got that touch that he had before. I did think he'd started to get his form back and I think he was my pick for Schladming because I'd seen a couple of runs and a, a couple of sections of runs where he looked like he was finding his form and then just not there at the moment. Interestingly, watching him in the start game, I probably need to go back a few years and watch some of his races when he was winning everything. Uh, and and surprising Marcel Herschel with with his victories. He seemed a lot more relaxed in the start, and it might just be that I don't remember it as well, but the last few weeks they've really been focusing the camera on him in the start area, and he is getting to the point where he's stamping and frothing at the mouth, and it just... Mm. That's how you associate some of the more aggressive races. It's not really what I associate with him. It might just be that I... It doesn't seem like that's him, and I don't know whether he's trying to really get himself pumped because he sees how aggressive Herscher is and thinks he needs to copy that. Whereas the reason he beat him for that, you know, couple of seasons was he skewed for him was how he was yeah his natural uh, skiing is yes it's aggressive but it doesn't look aggressive a, a bit like we see with uh, Loic Mayard and, and Clement Noel they have very touch based skiing very still far more powerful a skier than than yeah. I ever would have been but it doesn't look anywhere near as aggressive. Excellent. That's all we got time for for this episode because we have rambled on quite a long time. I think we better call it there. Keep your eyes peeled on the podcast because we'll be updating and putting out snippets of the races with a couple of results and any interesting parts that go on daily off the back of all the results. So keep your eyes out and uh, look forward to seeing you then. So goodbye for now. <laughs>